0: Playback on RTE Radio 1 Sponsored by FexCocurrency.com Your route to great rate travel money at participating credit unions
1: Good morning GAA go or not Was it the money, the buffering or just the principle of it all? Either way, what might have been a relatively minor spat very quickly turned into something much bigger Scroll back to last weekend Tip versus Cork for the Munster senior hurling only available on GEA Go. Anger. And coming after Clare's victory over Limerick the previous week, again only on GEA Go. A step too far. On this week, Justin McCarthy spoke to sports journalist with the Star newspaper, Kieran Cunningham.
2: GAA Go, it is a streaming service jointly owned by RTE and the GAA and there are a lot of high-profile games now which you can only see uh, using this service this season. How is it being perceived by by GAA fans in general?
3: Well, I think there's been a very mixed reaction. Like In terms of the the product and offer, Uh, there's some very good pundits an excellent presenter commentators uh, production value are good there have been some technical glitches but uh, I think it's crept up in a lot of people in many ways even though it was announced a while ago I don't think people realised how many games were in GA go exclusively and how many high profile games particularly Saturday matches and the thing is you can't take it in isolation like the GA isn't alone in going down this road a lot of sporting bodies have in, in using their own streaming services but this is at a time of a costing living a cost of living crisis when people have gone through a winter, when so many bills have gone through the roof. And the big difference between this and the Sky Sports deal that was there was re, re, before, there were a couple of big differences. A lot of people already had Sky Sports, so you no, know, it was a bonus they could watch GA as well. Now you need a separate subscription. And a lot of people will already have, say, Sky and BT Sports subscriptions, maybe Netflix and Amazon Prime, maybe Spotify for music. And it's just an extra bill to them. And even though in, in many ways it looks like good value, for the full price, uh, it's 79 euro, which is half your TV license mm. fee. Or,
2: or you can pay and 12 also, euros for, a, for for a match as well, I think.
3: Yeah, €12. But to to a lot of people, that seems that's a mad price just to watch Mm. a match effectively on TV. And the the big issue, Justin, though, is not it's not on TV. I know that you are working on this, that it can be an app, you know, like you have Netflix on your TV already. But the casting thing is something that the other people are still not familiar with. Mm. And a lot, not necessarily everyone has a smartphone these days or laptop, particularly elderly people.
1: By Monday, what had been a rumble turned to a roar. Liveline opened the faders for what would turn out to be a two-day event. Colm Amon gone in for Joe, baptism of fire. And here are just some of the people he spoke to. Five, one,
2: five, five, one. John Arnold, you weren't watching the uh, All-Ireland senior, football, senior Hurling Championship on the television and you weren't watching it on GAA Go either. <laughs>
4: I would no colour, I wasn't. I, well, to tell the truth, I was making cows because I was delayed at doing a few things. But um, no, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be what I call a happy camper now, not just today, but in the last few weeks. People like me, genuine J people, presumed that the vast majority of the top class games would be free to air on RT, and now they come along with this Jay Go business. I mean, there's, there's several reasons why I'd be absolutely livid and savage over it. First of all, I, I just think simply games like that, high-profile games like that, like to be, this be akin to cock and Tipperary holding championship match, be akin, not having the Grand National available in England on television or not having, if Liverpool and Arsenal were playing on Manchester United, Manchester City, would like second point in that is the GSA Well, it is available and this GA Go your conception thing. I have a computer below in the room and an P C and I can type in it and I can, uh, I can get internet sometimes when I have coverage and I can type with one finger. But I mean the coverage would be very patchy.
5: I was so disgusted that I couldn't see it on free to air TV, so I decided I would pay the twelve euro for GA Go. Now I am a pensioner, so I wouldn't be a very I T literate. And, but I had some of my family around and we tried using three different phones, a Samsung, a Hawaii and an iPhone. And we had two smart TVs, an LG and a Samsung. And it just, for a long time, it failed. To, we failed to get it. But it Could, could, could was, you see
2: it on any of the phones? You were trying to cast no. it from the phones to the TV, was no. it?
5: We couldn't. No, we we couldn't see it at all. So um, it finally worked on the latest edition of an iPhone that somebody in the house had. The other other two phones couldn't screencast it at all on the TV and it was more than difficult. How much of the match did you
2: miss while you were trying to do all of this?
5: Oh, about a quarter of an hour, the first quarter of an hour of the match.
2: John Malloy in Athlone, you're against the concept of GAA Go. Subsidised, unsubsidised, good, bad or indifferent? It's not to your liking
6: ironic that the RTE played a major part in the promotion of hurling and football through two great commentators, Mihal O'Hare and Michal And now our president and director general and whoever else, met up with RTE and decided that it would be more profitable to go the Ga go route. Now I think this is absolutely despicable. The GAA is a community-based organization where most people, the vast majority, give of their time and their skills and their work free. And I'm not interested in platforms. I'm not interested in whether I have good broadband or bad broadband. What I'm interested in is that we should be able to sit down in our own houses, turn on the television, watch Good hurling and football games, like I can do all this week for European soccer and European rugby.
4: My number one game is hurling. I turned on the television the other Saturday, it was all about that thing in England. I won't even mention it. I just turned it off again. Like, we went to the CEO national game, high profile hurling games, and they, they decided to put on two matches on that were basically the results were known ever before the teams were on the field.
7: It should, be, it should be free like you know if you want to charge to see the game we have to pay 25 quid to every one of us to go to a match, come home if you want to see the game you have to pay for it and you can only see it once, you can't see it twice I mean, it's pure ridiculous. If you want to charge to see the games, pay the players. That's what's going to happen. How would you blame them? I mean, we're watching soccer and rugby, not again it. Every night, day in, day out. And now the Tarleton Cup is on, we'll see that. And and, uh, the football, it will be all football now after the next couple of weeks and the whole run will be gone final? final? one day? one might as well. All right. Well, you well, one, well, one of them on
8: the
2: right. We'll see. if we can get an answer to any of those questions after this. Sure. Anne Clancy, yeah, you're a GAA volunteer. You treat this like a bit of a slap in the face as well. Definitely,
5: totally. The GAA are laughing at
1: us. Ooh, just some of the voices on Liveline. Well, tarnished them, Mihol Martin togged out. Not for it. Donal Oog Cusack weighed in. Highly critical. And on Tuesday's Morning Ireland, Mary spoke to former GAA president,
9: Liam O'Neill. What I really want to know from you is solutions now. Where do we go from here? Oh,
6: the, solution, the solution is very, very simple. RTE prioritise the game, the games that come. RTE do not leave out important hurling games out of the schedule GEA Go will work really well if the important good games as the Taoiseach said as Donalogue said are given priority and GEA Go is used to broadcast the games that wouldn't otherwise get coverage if GEA Go wasn't there (laughs) So
9: let me try and understand are you saying it's RTE's fault that we didn't see Tip Cork it's RTE's fault that we didn't see Clare and Limerick
6: I didn't say that I didn't say that. I said it was just scheduling. Nobody yeah. foresaw that happening. But, but couldn't you? But but, it,
9: but but hold it. on a second. On 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 as as the the, the Hornish was talking about there, and he talked about uh, you know iconic identifiers and great hurling games. You could have said a, a, a clash between Tip and Cork, or or the champions Limerick and Clare. That these are going to be games that people and people outside of these their counties will want to watch.
6: Absolutely. So let our team make the decision to show them. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So and they, the other games then, yeah. they, it's, it's a decision. Unfortunately, the broadcaster makes those decisions and let the GA go be for the coverage of games uh, that wouldn't otherwise get there's the wouldn't a, okay, me,
1: I... So, Montrose at fault. Well, on the news at one, Brian with this pithy opener for the head of RT Sport, Declan McBennett.
0: Did RT drop the ball here, committing to broadcast provincial football finals and allowing these classic hurling encounters in Munster to be placed behind a paywall?
10: No, Brian, I don't think so. I think you have to look at and understand the way that uh, rights packages are structured. So, RTE have the rights and are very grateful to have the rights to 31 matches in the Liam McCarthy and Sam Maguire competitions. Uh, if you break down those 31, two of them are finals, four of them are semi-finals, there are four quarterfinals, two in hurling and two in football, and there are six provincial finals. Each one of those form a part of, of what are known as the packages that RTE or any broadcaster go and buy from a rights association. So that's 16 of the of the 31 matches that are already accounted for and predetermined. So essentially then there are 15 matches across eight uh, eight weekends four provinces and two codes whereby you have a degree of discretion. But when you're operating within a very, very condensed calendar, which we now are because the GAA have adopted that for their own good reasons and they stand over that and that's their absolute right. But when you have such a condensed calendar, you are inevitably going to have a clash of major hurling matches coming up against major football matches. As I say, one of those packages involves the provincial finals, the four in football and the two in hurling. So when they come up, we are contractually obliged under the terms of our agreement with the GAA to broadcast those. So if there's a significant hurling match that clashes with those then mm-hmm. inevitably there has to be a second so platform
1: Brian went back in just who decides on what matches are behind that paywall
0: that's how the broadcast rights are determined then yes. by that process of negotiation. What about the decision on which games go on GAA go? Uh, go? How is that decided?
10: Well, as I say, Brian, it, it, when you take out the 16 that are mandated as such and if you look back at last weekend, we had Galway, Sligo and we had obviously Kerry and Clare. Now, it's unfortunate that Cork and Tipperary weren't on and everybody would love to see that. And We fully understand that, but the point is...
0: RTE so the question is, who decides what goes on GAA Go?
10: It, it, it's a combination of RTE picking the games that they either want or are mandated to do, and then subsequently the second platform, which used to be Sky Sports and is now GAA Go, has the opportunity to pick up the rest. So they are now doing 39 games in comparison to Sky when they were doing 14. RTE are doing uh, 69 GAA games this year, right. as opposed to 40. So
0: but just to go in back, so G- uh, uh, RT is part, as, a, as the joint owner of GAA Go, along with the GAA, RT, and you're a director of GAA Go, correct. you're part of the process that decides these particular matches and the issue, what's at issue here, these, these Munster Hurling Championship games, these are the ones that will go on pay-per-view.
10: I'm part of the process that decides in terms of the picks, but I'm not part of the process in terms of deter- determining when they are scheduled. That's a matter entirely for the GAA. Oh, I'm not asking
0: you about that, but the fact that the, the fact that the Munster Hurling Championship thus far has been behind a pay Haywall is a decision that Archie has been party to.
10: No, well, that's that's not true, Brian, because Cork and Waterford was on and Limerick have played. So so there have been right. Munster, Munster Hurling matches. However, we have 15 matches that we have discretion over. We have four provinces and two codes to carry. We cannot co- cover the whole of the Munster Hurling Championship to the neglect of counties like Sligo or Clare or indeed loud this coming weekend. But,
1: but with free-to-air TV Munster finals generating viewership of 250,000 plus... How many people have watched these games on GAA Go? His answer? Well, KG.
10: The figures for GAA Go are a matter for both the GAA and RTE. They're not released to the public in the same way that the GAA why did the, not release the secrecy? those games. Why it, It's not secrecy as such, uh, Brian. They, they, I'm, I'm sure at some stage they will be, but the GAA have a long-standing... <laughs> you, you know the numbers, I, I, I do indeed, and I know that they're... Can you they're, tell people what they are? Uh, no, I can't, but, but I know I can tell people that they are absolutely meeting their targets, they are meeting their expectations.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And finally, cherry-picking matches to get more downloads?
0: Were the Hurley matches chosen because they do attract... Uh, big audiences and would drive subscriptions to GAA go. No,
10: absolutely not, Brian. I, I, and I've heard this uh, stated over the past sort of 24-48 hours. The reality of it is uh, that the um, we we did Cork Waterford and we've done Limerick so far in terms of RTE. The Limerick Clare game was initially scheduled for the Sunday, and that was to be an RTE game. And I have the first set of fixtures here in my hand, and it states that the Limerick Clare game was down to be an RTE game due to circumstances in Limerick, which were entirely outside of the control of certainly RTE. And I imagine and outside the control of the GAA. That game was moved to the Saturday and hence went to GAA go. And RTE picked up Cork-Waterford. Now, Cork-Waterford unfortunately did not meet the (laughs) iconic status of the limerick Clare game, but that's the nature of sport.
1: Pausing for a breath there now. That was RTE Head of Sport, Declan McBennett. Now, if you are a GAA fan, you have skin in the game, you care. If you're not, you might be wondering why all the hullabaloo? Well, with Claire Martin Brehany, columnist with The Irish Independent.
6: A lot of political bandwagoning going on right from the top of government. And if you were an alien, to use the proverbial alien who arrived, in, uh, arrived into Ireland at the moment, and you say, What's, what, are the, what are the hot topics? And it's not, it wouldn't appear to be... Uh, um, uh, housing or health anything like that it'd be whether you can see a hurling game on a Saturday evening I think there's political bandwagoning going on there are sectional interests going on and of course it's very populist I mean everybody loves the idea of their politicians fighting hard for the, the poor uh, man who can't or a woman who can't see the game well, it's, it's populist but it's ignoring reality in many ways
11: <sighs> Tell
1: that to the fans on the mountaintop Back in a bit Welcome back Rachmaninoff's second piano concerto, or All By Myself, as every Bridget Jones fan will know. But for the classier listener, we know you're out there, the National Symphony Orchestra will be performing that, along with others, in Galway this evening with chief conductor Jaime Martín. And he and Sean over on Arena were loving this one.
4: He really knows, Rachmaninoff, how to move between Delicate small melodies and big
11: orchestral chords. Absolutely. And he's. I think somehow Rachmaninoff is like the it's like the culmination of romanticism. Mm. You know, he mm. can write this this tune, the, I mean the slow movement. That's yeah. we were rehearsing this uh, this today. morning today with uh soloist with Kirill Gerstein. And you start this course, the And it's so beautiful. And you understand why so many pop uh, artists or many, many films, this has been used yeah. as a, almost like an invitation to dream. I mean, it is just the most beautiful music.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a shame not to hear a little bit of that second movement because it's just, it is so beautiful. Let, let's hear that little arpeggio section that you were just singing. Here it comes. stopped doing it the minute I opened the microphone uh, Jaime Martín was m- miming playing the flute as that started which of course you did in your time play the flute and a presume played that solo uh, Yes, and actually And I
11: have played this with Askenasi even this is one of the, playing this solo I remember mm. my heart beating so incredibly fast and so incredibly loudly when I was performing this in the orchestra so nervous playing this I don't know why this solo more than... Many more than others. many
4: others. And then and it moves from the flute to the clarinet I, and then back to the piano it is, again.
11: It is one of those things. Either, uh, I don't know if the people in the audience realise that this happens to performance on the stage, but we are so incredibly worried. Sometimes playing mm. this, I felt like the audience could hear my heart yeah. <laughs> from their seat.
1: Jaime Martín of the National Symphony Orchestra and you can listen out for the heartbeat if you happen to be in Galway this evening now. Imagine that you are in your 70s you have to leave your home, pack up and move. But go where? That is the situation in which Micheline Walsh and her husband find themselves She's 78, she's rented all her life, but now her landlord is selling. She spoke to the Irish Times about her situation and this week she spoke to Claire.
12: The landlord, a uh, very nice guy, really lovely guy, we get along very well um, he did it. He did it in a nice way. He phoned me in advance. He said, "Look, I don't want this to land on your doorstep. I want to tell you, person to person, this is what I'm planning to do." And uh, at the time, I thought, "Oops." <laughs> uh, but he he said, "Because I'd been there so long, I had almost six months," and I thought, "Right, okay, I better get moving. I better see what I I can do." Because at this stage I was on rent supplement, that doesn't travel with you. If you move, you don't take it with you. You have to. so I knew I had to register for um, the the housing list. I did all the 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 applications, and I also did a an application for my husband's health to be you know a check for that because he is um, he had a very bad stroke. He lost the sight of half of each eye. He lost the ability to read. He, so I can't even write, write a note for him. He, um, he's not very steady on his feet and he gets, uh, he gets occasional seizures.
1: And she is getting rid of as much
9: as she can to make sure they can move quickly.
12: Have you started getting
9: rid of things now in preparation for yes, what might happen?
12: I have, yeah. I have. I I did huge runs to the charity shop, cleared out old clothes, kept, brought it all down to the minimum, got rid of all old papers. I got rid of books because you know you have to face. You, you, there's a novel you've read it. Why do you keep it? You don't need to keep it. There's online. So get rid of all of that. Got rid of knickknacks, things. And there's still more, but. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandparents, when they first were married, they lived in Paris and they, their very first flat, they got a clock. And this is a beautiful clock. It's, it's not a full grandfather. It's like a half a grandfather. And when my uncle died five years ago, my cousin allowed me to have that clock. The reason was that when I, when I was little, I used to go to their house and the clock was in the hall and it had a pendulum that went back and forth and I used to sit under the coat stand and listen to the pendulum and feel safe so it's, it's one of the, it's, it's stupid but you know
9: No it's not at all stupid it's, 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 it's part it's, of your life and it's, it's part yeah. of who you are and, and your memories yeah. Now she has been on
1: all the websites staffed my home and visited estate agents but in her experience when they learn she's on the HAP payment apartments seem to be gone and she has learned that it is only when she's actually evicted that she can access
9: homeless services. The end of May is when yeah. you need to go, but you don't know
12: where you're going to there go. There is nowhere. I spoke to to the homeless section and I said, you know, what will happen? What will happen on that day when I phone you and say, we need we need accommodation because I will have my husband, myself some clothes in the car. And they said to me, well, what we do is we've, we've put a request into the central allocations, somewhere in the centre of Dublin, who place people in homeless accommodation. The likelihood is that you and your husband will be in, you'll get your own room in a hostel. Now, I don't know what that's like. Where's the bathroom? How, how am I going to manage... And I, I, just can't see how I can. And how long is that for? Is that one night? Do I have to phone again the next day and say, "Okay, we need another night"? It's unthinkable. Mm-hmm. But that, but that is
9: the that, only option.
12: That yeah. is the only option. Yeah.
1: And staying with family
12: is not really feasible. Certainly not in the long term. And actually, nobody has room. Uh, nobody in my family has has extra room, not even on a couch. But bear in mind, I have a husband who has brain damage and who needs a lot of care and attention and patience. And it really, you know, it's, it's not fair to do that to somebody else's home arrangement, to the relationship, because whereas, you know, he and I, we rub along well together. But You can't expect somebody else to put up with that. It's not fair.
1: And as she told Claire, being in this situation and having to speak so publicly about it is not something she ever envisioned for herself. I feel um,
12: embarrassed, shameful or like... I didn't do something I should have done. Why am I here? Why am I at this stage in my life and not able to pay my rent? Hmm. I actually had this naive idea that when you got old, the state would help you because you can't live on pensions. I mean, unless you've got a huge pension, but normal pensions, state pensions, you can't pay rent on that. So I sort of thought, yeah, well, that's the job of the state, isn't it? To look after the vulnerable and obviously
11: mm.
12: not
9: and how did you arrive at the decision to speak out publicly about it all
12: because uh i i i know that there will be other people i'm of a generation and to people like me homeless with somebody on the side of the street eviction it it brings up the famine. And all the images you have are of dirt, uh, inability to clean yourself, nowhere to, nowhere to sleep. That's, that's, the, that's the, 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 the emotional image you get. And it, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I feel... I haven't told any of my neighbours. They probably know now, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't told them because I feel embarrassed about it.
1: Micheline Walsh with Claire. That was Monday, and on Thursday, a new joint report from Alone and Threshold looked at the housing situation for older people who are renting. Unsurprisingly, they are stressed at the insecurity of their situation. And brace yourself. As Ireland ages, our prospects are not looking good. Claire spoke to Anne Marie O'Reilly of Threshold.
9: The housing crisis, we're going to reap what we're sowing right now in terms of people not being able to buy, people who are renting into their 40s and their 50s. What is this going to look like in 10 or 20 years' time? Mm. And
5: that's really what spurred us on,
9: um, ourselves and alone, to to look at this
5: and to, to raise this issue, to really stress that it's an issue of now that we're creating and it's going to get worse into the future. And that's very much why they included people from the age of 45 and up in the research because those who are renting at that age are less and less likely to be able to move into a more secure tenure which in Ireland is owner occupation. Uh, So the the researchers did look at the the population projections for the future. So at present, 17% of renters are over the age of 45. Uh, A much larger cohort are uh, between 35 and 45. And if they're unable to buy in the next couple of years, they're going to be the older renters of the future Mm. as well.
1: Ooh, not what anybody wants to hear. On Sunday, International Dawn Chorus Day, reminding us that every single morning, all of this beauty...
2: Pigeons, yeah.
6: Yeah.
2: It takes one to kick it off and then they must respond. One answer's the other, yep.
8: You can hear how the different species, they have different frequencies of their songs, kind of like different radio stations, because they don't want to compete or they've evolved to not compete over the airways. You make them out quite distinctly.
1: Oh, beautiful! And from that to this,
4: See, a friend of ours has just come in. There. <laughs> must be about here.
7: Where are you, Darcy? Where are you? Where is he, right on. Right on. where is he? How are you doing? How are you, Linda? Oh, sorry, it's Marty. How are you, doing? how are you, Linda? How are you? you're looking gorgeous. You are fantastic. Thanks, now, when we're live. I'm gonna send this up big time, right? Yeah. To make it out that myself and Linda are at each other's loggerheads, right? So we play that out, Linda. it will be brilliant. Be brilliant. No. Brilliant for the writings, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah Remind yeah. us, Sarah McInerney, you're right. She's a chancer. She's a chancer, right? No, she's we're she's actually on. The,
8: we're on air now. Huh? We're on air now. Yeah,
7: yes. You, you should be. <laughs> why I, didn't I you did, tell me? I, but, I but, didn't have no chance to right, jump
11: in.
4: Like exactly. Him,
7: he should know that music for the dead, for the nearly dead. <laughs> That's the
13: slogan. Sorry, we just oh. we couldn't stretch to a red light, we, we're, we're live and and.
7: Ask your mother. Yeah. Steady. Oh, steady. Like Wild Youth, they are in a tough draw, but it's it's a brilliant song. Yeah. So yeah wings yeah, and yeah. fingers crossed because they're... they're yes, please go.
13: And you're probably in a brilliant position to give them advice because, of course, you took part in Eurovision
4: 2008.
7: Don't think I'd be the person to be giving advice. <laughs> no, it's no. May, no. maybe maybe not a road we need to travel. Yeah, no, no. No, no. no I, I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, I was ahead of my time. That was it. Shopping trolleys are so in now. I mean, they weren't back then, you know? And they're only a euro, right? <laughs> How <laughs> little, they're two euro. Don't get stung, right? Yeah. And you put them in the river after. And you're finished with them. We got one for you, Marty. You can wheel <laughs> you around the arena. I'd be <laughs> really, really fantastic. <laughs> I crack.
13: Just to be serious for a moment, there are people who say that that's when the tide turned for us. Like, we were a winning nation seven times, record breaking. And then we okay. sent you.
12: Yeah.
7: Okay, agree. 100%. I <laughs> brought it up to another level. Oh, that's, <laughs> well, that's that cleared up. I clear, hit the don't ball out of the park. It was just amazing. <laughs> I did say the lion. Eastern Europe, we love you. Do you like Irish stew? Or goulash, as it is to you. <laughs>
1: and it always comes back to the turkey. But well done, wild youth is well robbed. But if you are watching later, keep an eye out for Finland. Hard to look away. It's all about Caria and the cha-cha-cha. And with Ray, Finnish commentator Miko Silvanoinen.
11: And what's the song about,
13: for people who haven't heard it? Well, if you only take the lyrics and put them into Google Translate, it will sound like a drinking song. But it's it's more than that. It's about you know fighting your fears and being able to liberate yourself without having to get drunk.
10: Ah great. It's
13: about it's about it is a good message and he's he speaks about it very beautifully and just you know that part where it turns into like a schlager song in the end, and he starts to dance yeah. and sing instead of rapping. That's about you know having the guts to go on the dance floor and sing your heart out, even if you're not the best dancer and, dancer, and you know be who you are and let's just party. Don't don't be so afraid of what other people think. Okay, that's what the song is about.
1: Golly, that's quite profound. Let's have a listen.
4: Time, time, time.
13: It's going to be the song of the summer, Miko. Whether he wins or not, it's going to be the song of the summer all over Europe.
1: Oh, silent scream. Back in a bit. Welcome back. Where are you going on your holidays? Yeah, but with climate change panting hot breath down our necks, to fly or not to fly, it's becoming a bit of an issue. Keen McCormick headed to the airport for Morning Ireland.
0: We
10: need your holiday, and you're not going to get the sun here in Ireland, so we have to travel for it.
13: That holiday feeling.
7: What are you looking forward to? Getting a break, you yeah. know, get,
13: get a,
5: a break, getting work. the sun and all that. Yeah.
13: Flying from Dublin airport, departing to get away for some <laughs> sun. You're
5: heading off this time of year, especially May, and then come home then for the...
12: For the proper summer then, you know, like, yeah. when, when the weather will be good at home.
5: But
13: this is what people faced at 6 o'clock yesterday morning. Would you be generally aware about climate change? You couldn't but be aware of it. Me asking about the environmental impact of their journey. Would you you change your holiday plans to avoid having an impact on the
11: climate? Hmm. uh, How would I get to see Hollywood California? That's my ambition, to see the, the Hollywood sign above the hill. How would I get to see Dallas, Texas, where John Kennedy was assassinated? Do you know what I mean? But I understand about your cabin footprint and we've been told about it every day. I don't know what's Do the You feel guilty about it. Yeah. Actually I don't feel guilty. Maybe I should feel guilty.
1: Oh, I think we're all sinners though. But Keen looked at the stats and typically Irish people were a family of four who head to Spain. So what's the cost? He got the view of Paul Dean lecturing clean energy at UCC.
14: When it comes to our holidays, Keen, it's not so much where we go. It's really about how we get there. And unfortunately, look, we're an island here in Ireland. We have to fly to a lot of these places. And unfortunately, flying is one of the most polluting forms of travel that we have.
13: Dr. Dean has checked the figures and they show the carbon cost of travelling by plane to Malaga from Dublin is 2,100 kilograms of carbon dioxide
14: emissions. 2,100 kgs is the equivalent of running a typical car in Ireland for about 10 or 11 months. On a scale of environmental impact, it's quite high, unfortunately.
13: It's 15,000 kilometres, right, in terms of when you compare it to a 1.5 litre diesel car.
14: Exactly. And this just reflects, again, the significant environmental impact of flying.
1: (laughs) But it's lovely to go away. Why can't we go away? Why? Well, George Marshall is the founding director of Climate Outreach and author of Don't Even Think About It, Why Our Brains Are Wired to Ignore
9: Climate Change. He spoke to Claire. The things you have to do in your life in order to make change are not positive often. They're difficult. You have to think about them. It's perhaps going to take you a little more time to get to work for example, something we talk about a lot mm. on this programme. These are not easy changes to make.
8: And it's interesting in the in the research you do that, that I have also conducted in countries all around the world that if you say to people it's easy, they don't pay any attention. There was a there was a campaign a, a while ago, some of your listeners might remember it, called The Power of One here in Ireland which was saying, here's some easy things that you can do to, to you know, to play your part, nobody did them. It was very ineffective, a lot of money was spent on that. The reality is this is going to be hard, and it's gonna be hard, it's gonna require changes, the outcome of this will in many ways be beneficial for air quality, for having comfortable, affordable housing, uh, to have a better way of transport, all of these things, and economic opportunities. But it will be difficult. The transformation will be difficult. And so that's why we need a story which really takes people with us. Mm-hmm. We have to say, this is a challenge. This will be difficult. We can do this. we faced big challenges before. The outcome of this is worthwhile. There's an imperative. There's both a, there's both a, the stick, the imperative, but there's also a positive Thing at the end.
1: George Marshall with Claire on one I suspect will be returning to. But on Bowman on Sunday, Barry Humphreys remembered, or rather, Dame Edna Everidge.
10: Dame Edna, can I ask you one last question, and it's a very, since I've, I've wanted to ask you this for a long time. Have you ever interviewed, on your wonderful megastar chat show, and, and you're an expert... Wasn't this it a wonderful thing, success? It took one- me by surprise, the success yes, of it that wonderful show. success, yes. Yes. But on your wonderful, wonderful talk show, have you ever interviewed anybody with something more interesting or important to say than you have?
14: No. That's funny. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question, and one that you wisely saved to last game. <laughs> yes. Because fundamentally, you know, I don't, I don't think of them as more interesting than me. Otherwise, that would make me deferential to them. I think they're just peers. They're, they're as good in another field, in another area, on another plane. But let's be quite upfront here. I think people watch that show for me. Now, not many people could say a thing like that and come across modest. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> don't I? <laughs> it's funny that I can... Isn't it... I love your... You get a better type of studio audience here, Gay. I think it's because you are a serious interviewer. You listen to what yes, people yes, say. Yes,
9: yes, yes.
14: And, yes. and I think that's the nice thing. Now, of course, yes. But yes. the fact is yes. that it is an art just yes. to just efface yourself a little bit, just yes. a little bit, and give... To the person in the centre. Well, you do
10: this so essentially, Dame Edna. And I try to do it. I don't do it quite so well. You fade into the background of your shows and let the guests take over. Well,
14: I do, but it does say in my contract that even if I'm fading, they have to have a camera on me all the time. (laughs) It's funny, you know, when I was born, I, my mother is still alive, thank <laughs> heaven be praised. Yes. And see, I'm slipping into little R.C. expressions. <laughs> and uh, I was a perfectly formed little girl, and, uh, and my mother said, what is it, what is it? And the nurse didn't say, it's a girl or it's a boy, she, it's a girl it's a boy. And the nurse said... It's a megastar. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Apparently it's true. Absolutely. And immediately the phone rang. Mm-hmm. It was for me.
12: <laughs>
14: Isn't that uncanny? It was. uncanny.
1: And that brings us to the chatter around every water cooler here in Montrose. Who will it be? Now for some, QI rolls RTE licking itself like a chocolate bar. For others, the late late is a valuable cultural asset that needs to be protected. So what's it to be? Well, we'll bring in an expert on drive time, Dr. Finola Doyle O'Neill, broadcast historian and author of The Gable Revolution.
15: What kind of a target audience do they want? Mm. Um, people will flick through a two-hour duration of any programme, right? And there's some tremendous content in The Late Late Show. As I said, the weight of history, uneasy on le- on lies the head that wears the next crown of the, uh, the Late Late Show host. But it is imperative that we retain it. But we obviously cannot have the same format that we've had for the
12: last 61 years. Okay, so what are you suggesting, Finola? Wait, now, is say it, that it, you, now, now that you've on.
15: removed yourself from the running, and you are just interested party, so you can be listening <laughs> yeah. away very carefully. I am taking um, notes. Absolutely. But I, I think what I'm suggesting is that um, that they decide, first of all, on their target audience. There's a lot of speculation about the new presenter, but the new presenter will have to bring some of their own individual personality with them. And I'm just wondering whether they're going to be allowed to do that or whether they're going to be very much sort of a, have to tailor it to the format of the two-hour programme. It, it's, it's going to be very difficult to have a catch-all approach, but a 25-year-old is not going to stay in on a Friday night and have the same listening skills and the same level of attention as a sort of 55-year-old watching, right? So it is a very difficult task. I'm not underestimating that in no, any no, you're, you're outlining um, the
9: challenges very well. Yeah. Um, a couple of texts on this. Two
12: presenters, one for entertainment and one for news.
9: Well, you see, the... You, as have, you have to rule yourself
8: out the, twice, yeah.
15: Sarah. <laughs> 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 it's your turn to step in. I haven't yeah,
8: exactly, ruled myself so. in to rule myself out.
1: From drive time. Meanwhile, the outgoing presenter, ready for a sing-song.
0: The same three chords, by the way, is G, uh, C and D, oh, round and this, round and round. This is great, so we can
6: do, the, If here's my G, or C.
8: Uh, yeah, the, so that was to, my G, to sorry,
6: C, C, yeah. and then... G again. So they do that two times, and the third time is G to C to D. And that's also a repeating pattern all the way down to the end of the song.
1: You're flying it. Well, we're having a go. <laughs> all the time in the world for it now, sir. Well, that is it from this week's Playback. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.